The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. My message tonight is, is about thinking big, talking big, and believing big. Amen. Think big, talk big, and believe big, and God will do big things in your lives. You have, he will back up His Word. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's expect this year, 2021, for big things, for our loved ones and friends to be saved and set free. I believe that God is preparing our minds for a harvest a harvest like we have never seen before. I know I hear a lot of people speaking about harvest and talking about harvest, but I think that we need to stop talking about it and put some action behind those words. And this year, God be willing, and I believe He is, we're going to put some action behind those words. As some of you already know, our first revival meeting, tent revival meeting, is going to be held, as far as I know right now, unless it changes March the 15th. So we are real excited about gathering in the harvest. We feel like that the harvest is ready, the harvest is ripe, the fields are white, and it's ready. So I really believe that it's going to be a harvest. I believe that it's going to be a harvest, and I believe the harvest is going to go for the next few years. But I believe that 2021, from what the Lord puts in my spirit, and I actually confirmed it by others and theirs, that it's the beginning. It's the beginning. And also we have to keep in mind, and, and, and this is not in my notes, so I know that what Lord wants you to know this. <laughs> we also need to keep in mind that as the harvest begins and the souls, we begin to win the souls and we gather them in, that we're going to run into some challenges. So we really need to be prepared in our hearts, in our spirits, to face these challenges and know that no matter how rough the, how, how rough the road gets, He's going to be there with us every step of the way. That He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. And He'll be right there even when you think that you can't take another step. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But good things never are. Jesus never encountered any easy things when He was winning souls. He always ran into obstacles. He always had somebody judging Him and pointing the finger at them and and. And they didn't want to accept it. They didn't want to accept what he had to say. But the end times are coming, whether people want to accept it or not. And we are, I believe he is preparing our hearts for this and the time for this to be ready. It's not his desire that anyone should be lost, but it's his desire that all be saved. And we are his servants. We're his warriors. And he's expecting a lot out of us. We have been around a long time, some of us longer than others, in the Word. And we've been practicing. And we've been building a foundation. Because you can't build without a foundation. And a lot of us in here have been building foundations. I believe I have. I know Pastor Larry and I know many others in here have been building a foundation for such a time as this. It's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. I believe, no matter how long you've been in the ministry... I believe that you're going to find out this year that you've just begun in the ministry that the Lord called you and anointed you to do. It is going to be the very beginning this year. And you're going to say, well, Lord, I've been in, I've been in 25, pastor's been in 35, 40. And you're going to say, well, I've been doing it. It doesn't matter. That you, I've just now, now 
getting you ready to do what you were created to do, destined to do, or, or ordained and anointed to do. And we either have to pick it up, we have to accept that, or forget it. Hallelujah. Saints, in order for God to work bigger in our lives, He must get our thinking up to His level. Raise our thinking to His vision and help us to see things His way. We have to get our level up to our God's way of thinking. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, in the English Revised Version, as the Scripture says, Who can know what is on the Lord's mind? Who is able to give Him advice? It says in Isaiah 40, 13. But we have been given Christ's way of thinking. And let me say before I begin that I realize a lot has been taught about how you can speak it and how you can name it and how you can claim it. There is a certain amount of truth in this statement. However, it's really not quite that simple. Believe me, it's not. In John chapter 12, verse 49, the New King James Bible says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And having become one with Jesus, according to John 17, 21, and created in God's image, this is what we must do also. We must speak the word, His word. And when we do, we are going to get supernatural results. I believe the Lord will speak something through me here tonight that will help you no matter what you're facing. Saints, the Lord has given me an awesome responsibility to teach His Word, and believe me, I do not take it lightly. So therefore, I teach a lot on the value of the Word and the importance of speaking God's Word. All through Scriptures, we see how Jesus spoke to the sick, He spoke to the dead, He spoke to the wind, and everything that He spoke to reacted. They obeyed. And according to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, lives in all of those who accepted Christ Jesus as their Lord. The same Spirit, according to Romans 8, 11, I believe it's an 8, I think it's 11, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in us, dwells in us. So we have the Godhead living on the inside of us. Praise the Lord. So, and I believe He expects us, as I said, to do the same. In John 14, 12, in the Berean Bible, he says, Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I am doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. In verse 13, he says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the results of thinking big, believing big, and talking big. Think big. Talk big. That is in God. You're talking big in God, not in yourself. Believe big, for faith always asks for something big. Unbelief, on the other hand, asks for small things, little things, many things. M-I-N-I, -I, many things, little things. In other words, one might say, if you would pray and just ask the Lord to heal my headache, I believe I can deal with the rest. That's small thinking. That's definitely thinking small because you believe that he can heal a headache, but you don't believe that he can heal everything else that's wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's small thinking. So that's what we want to learn tonight. We want to learn how to think big. Remember, we serve a big God. In other words, in saints, when you think big and you talk big, God will do big. He do big. 
Believe big. The scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, according to Proverbs 23, 7. Not with his mind, not with his mind, but with his heart. So you're what, you, so you're what your heart thinks. I want you to think about this. You are what your heart thinks. Your thinking is controlled by your heart. Think about that. The Bible always connects the heart, the heart and the mouth, according to Luke 6.45. Saints, when you get your heart right, then you'll get your thinking right. But you can't get your thinking right till you get your heart right. But if your heart is wrong, then your thinking's going to be wrong. You agree with that? Yes, yes. That is why the Lord says, out of the abundance of the heart proceeds all kinds of wicked things. But when you get your heart right, out of your heart proceeds love and all the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. The, way you get, the way you get your thinking right is to get your heart right. And you can't get your heart right until God makes it right. And you do that by meditating on His Word and by renewing your mind to His way of thinking and raising it to His level. The Scripture says to have the mind of Christ or let this like mind be in you, according to Philippians 2.5. So when you begin to talk big, then you will begin to believe big. Like I'm saying, you're going to hear believe big, talk big a lot tonight. Because the prescription for doing big is believing big. But you can't believe big without thinking big. Are you hearing me? That's right. You're thinking, you think first, then you speak, and then you believe. But you got to think it. Then you got to speak it. You speak, speak big, talk big, believe big. And big things will happen. <laughs> I want to talk to you about some people in the Bible who began to think big, talk big, and believe big. When they, and when they did, God showed up and did big things in their lives. Hallelujah. Tonight, let's begin to think big and believe big. Remember, again, that we serve a mighty big God. So let's begin to stretch our faith and see what God will do for us. We can stretch our faith, right? I'm going to stretch. I'm trying to stretch my faith. I know I've been stretching a little bit and doing things that uh, has been a little out of my comfort zone, but I keep being encouraged. Pastor Larry and everybody else keeps encouraging me. <laughs> God, you know, he speaks to me. And, of course, I heard a lady say the other day, she left a message on my phone, and she says, Pastor Joe, she says, I pray all the time, uh, and I hear you talk about God telling you this, and God called you into the ministry, and he took care of this, and he did that. And she says, I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm confused, because she says, I pray all the time, God never speaks to me. God will speak to you. Yes. He speaks to you. Yes. He, he, uh, you know, he has not spoken to me audibly, but sometimes it felt like it was that way. On certain things that he's spoken into my spirit, it, it just felt like I, I could hear him. Not with everything, but sometimes it's that still small voice, that, that little unction. I think a lot of times it's just an unction that, that, you know, you, and you know her, you just know, you know, when, or he'll put a thought in your mind, you know, because, of course, I ask the Lord a lot, you know, um, often to, uh, you know, to give me new uh, creative ideas and new thoughts and stuff like that. And he does. But he, you know that when he puts this thought in, thought in your mind, in your spirit, and you, it's never even crossed your mind. If it's good, it came from the Lord. And if it's not good, we know where else it came from. And let's look at 1 Samuel 14, verse 1, and see what thinking big and believing big did for Jonathan and his armor bearer. As a matter of fact, I call this Jonathan's daring plan. 
Saints, there was a raging battle going on according to the scriptures, but only two men walked down against this mighty company of warriors. And according to 1 Samuel 14, verse 1 in the New Living Bible, it says that one day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, let's go down against these uncircumcised pagans. It just may be that the Lord God will work for us because there are no restraints. Think about that. He said, let's go down against them. It just might be that the Lord will help us if we'll take that step of faith and step out there, whether it's a tent revival or wherever, whatever the Lord is putting it in your spirit and heart to do, it just might be that God will meet us there. I believe he's going to meet us there. And I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I just can't wait. <laughs> I, you know, I, every, time, every, every time I hear the word and every time I think about it, I, I just can't wait. But you know, you recognize that Jonathan is thinking big here. He's saying to his armor bearer, you and I can do this. I say to you all listening in here and online, we can do this. Yes, and he said, we can whip the whole bunch. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we can beat the socks off of them. <laughs> You know, they think they've been in control for a while, and they have for a while. But actually, it just appears that way. Yeah. You know, things are not always the way uh, they appear to be in the natural. Yeah, that's true. So in the natural, it appears that they've been winning this battle, but they have not. Yeah. God has not stepped in yet, mm-hmm. but he is. Right. He is. He is saying there is only two of us, but we can do it. And I love that attitude. Jonathan has faith because he's been thinking big and because he has his mind on a mighty big God. When you're thinking big and you've got your mind on a mighty big God, you, you know that you can do it. For he said, God can give us the victory, whether we be few or many. So it really doesn't matter how many we've got. A lot fewer than us have won many battles with God's help. Because it's not about us. Right. It's about our Father. Amen. who is he, he is the one that's causing us to win our battles. So we don't have to be afraid of anything or anybody. Right. He said we don't need to out... He said we don't need to outnumber them. Two of us is enough. <laughs> Saints, if God joins the two, that makes a trio. Right? right? right. <laughs> yep, a trio. And what did God say? If I be for you, he can be against you, according to Romans 8, 31. So Jonathan was thinking big, and he began to talk big, and he began to believe big. As a matter of fact, in 1 Samuel 14, verse 1, he said, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. In other words, Jonathan was speaking big. And Jonathan didn't even bother telling his father where he was going and what, you know, he just went out on his own. No one even realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. In verse 6, he said, Jonathan said, Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. We need to keep that in mind. Yeah. Nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few, the Bible says. Are you listening, brothers and sisters? Yeah. To Jonathan's faith and how he's thinking big and talking big and believing big. Verse 7, it says, do what you think is best, armor bearer replied. He says, I'm, I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we're going to cross over and, we're going to let, and let's go see, uh, let them see us. In other words, they were going to hide from him. They're going to cross over 
and let them see them. In verse 9, he said, If they say to us, Stay where you are, or we will kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. Verse 10, But if they say, Come up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. And verse 11 says, And when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of that. Look, those Christians are crawling out of their holes. They don't know what, who they're coming up against. You're coming up against the government. You're coming up against all these other different organizations and things. You're coming up against them. Let me pause here a minute and say that I believe God's warriors are beginning to make their presence known to the enemy. And I believe that we're beginning to stand our ground and things are beginning to happen in the believer's camp. Praise God. So verse 12 says, And then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, Come on up here and we're going to teach you a lesson. I love it. Come on and climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. He didn't scare him. He said, for the Lord will help us defeat them. And that's going to have to be our attitude. If we win this war, if we win this battle, our attitude is going to have to be, the Lord will help us defeat them. Yes. Yeah. The Lord will help us defeat them. The Lord will help us to bring in the harvest. Okay. Jonathan was believing big. So thir verse 13, it says, So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan. And his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. In verse 14, it says, They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about a half of an acre. Verse 15, it says, Suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. God added a little extra. In verse 20, it said, Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There, terrible, there was terrible confusion everywhere. You know, most of you know the Bible, brothers and sisters. We, we saw the Lord do the same thing in 2 Chronicles 20 with Jehoshaphat. In verse 23, it says, The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Zaire and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Zaire, they began attacking each other. And not a single one of the uh, enemies survived. Praise God. Not only that, but they spent three days gathering in the spoils. The goodest. <laughs> it says that even the Hebrews, who had previously gone over to the Philistine army, revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. And so verse 23, it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Bethlehem. I'm going to back up here where it says that even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. As I, as I kept going over that verse, I kept thinking that there's a lot of people that have been on the other side. You call it the left side or whatever side you want to call it. But when they see the work of the Lord and they see the hand of the Lord, I believe that they're going to revolt and I believe that they're going to join in on the winning side. I believe they're going to join on in the winning side. That they're going to revolt. As a matter of fact, it's my understanding that some of them already have. 
They said maybe they can see the writing on the wall. Saints, can you see what happens when you start thinking big, talking big, and believing big, and putting your trust in the Lord to come along beside you and help you to fight your battles? Can you see what happens when you begin to call those things that be not as though they are, according to Romans 4, 17? And another example of talking big and believing big is found in 1 Samuel 17, tells us how a little shepherd boy started talking big. He said, don't worry about these Philistines. David said to Saul, he said, I'll go fight them. And David said to the giant Goliath, God delivered me from the bear and the lion, and he's going to deliver me into your hands, into my hands. I'm going to cut off your head, and then I'm going to give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world would know that there is a God in Israel. Hallelujah. And let me say this again. The time is coming, and it's here now, when people are going to know that there is a God in this world, and especially in the USA. I believe that David was talking big here and he was believing big. And God will always, always show you just how big he is when you put your trust in him. The secret to doing big and thinking big and believing big. That's the secret. And that is the secret is putting, God, putting your trust in God. And brothers and sisters, we're still serving that same God today. The one who changes not. Bless his holy name. The secret to believing big is having the mind of Christ. According to Philippians 2, 5. We think big and then we will talk big for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Think about Joshua. He sure knew how to ask big and he knew how to think big. We're talking about the day that the sun stood still. You know? Joshua was known as Joshua the Conqueror. Joshua chapter 10 verse 1 says, The king of Jerusalem heard that Joshua had captured and completely destroyed Ai and killed its king, just as he had destroyed the town of Jericho and killed its king. So the king and his people became afraid when they heard all of this because Gibeon was a large town and the Gibeonite men were strong warriors. So the king of Jerusalem sent messengers to several other kings and said, Come and help me destroy Gibeon. For they have made peace with Joshua and the people of Israel. So the scripture says in verse 5 that these five kings combined their armies for a united attack. But I tell you, God, it ain't going to do them no good. You know, think about this. All those that have been persecuting God's elect, I don't care how many armies they join together, will not defeat God's people. I don't care how few they are of us. We will not be defeated. Amen. Hallelujah. So the scripture says in verse 5 that these five kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. Verse 6, it says that the men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgad. And, he pleaded, and they pleaded, don't abandon your servants now. He said, come at once and save us. Help us, please. For all the, Amorite, all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. And verse 7 says, So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgad and set out for Gibeon. And verse 8 it says, Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them, and not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. 
I say tonight and prophesy to you that God will give us the victory. Amen. He will give us the victory Amen. if we are willing to fight for it and trust Him. He will give us the victory. In verse 12, it says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let the sun stand still over Gibeon, and the moon over the valley of Agilon. So the Bible says the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. He right there, whatever they needed, even made the sun and the moon stand still until they defeated their enemies. Verse 14, it says that the word of God says there has never been a day like this before or or one or since when the Lord answered such a prayer. And surely, saints, we serve the same God and He will fight for us too. Most of us are familiar with 1 Kings 17 where the prophet Elijah was instructed to go to Zarephath where a widow woman there would feed him. And when Elijah saw the widow woman out picking up sticks, he called to her and he asked that she make him a cake. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but I only have a handful of meal and a barrel and a very little bit of oil. And behold, I'm gathering sticks for me and my son that we might eat and then die. And Elijah said to her, Fear not. Go and do as you've said, but make me a cake first and bring it to me and then make one for you and one for your son. I think Elijah was thinking big and he started talking big because he said in verse 14, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil until the day that the Lord sends rain upon this earth. Let me remind you that this was a time of drought and famine in the land. There was no rain. It was all dried up. That's why she didn't have anything to eat. Saints, my point is this. God put meal in the barrel when there was no corn in the land. Can you think about that? He put corn in the barrel when there was no uh, meal in the barrel when there was no corn in the land. Talk about making a way where there seemed to be no way. Our God will always come through for us. He is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. Thank you, Jesus. If he doesn't have it, According to the he, uh, Greek translations, he'll make it. Yeah. If we need something, you ask him for something. If he doesn't have it, he'll make it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He has not changed, brothers and sisters. Right. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Saints, you're what you think, what you believe, and what you say. And you really can train your mind to choose right thinking. Your choice of words, in other words, your confessions will clearly make all the difference. As a believer, in order to obtain victory, you must know how to confess God's word with your mouth and make your lips do their work. <laughs> make your lips go to work. Make your lips do their work. It's your lips that you're going to fight with. Make them do your work for you. If you need money, make them work for you. If you, if you need healing, make your lips work. Put them to work. Yes. Yes. You know, of saying the right things and not the wrong things. Praise God. You are where you are 
because of the way you think and the way you speak, wherever you are tonight. You need to think big, talk big, and believe big because we serve a mighty big God. All spoken words come from our thoughts. So ask yourself. These are some questions that maybe you might want to ask yourselves tonight as I bring this to a close. Is this thought helping me? Am I having some thoughts? Did I have some thoughts today? And were those th are those thoughts that I was having today about that situation or that circumstance, are they going to help me? Are they going to help me? Is what I'm thinking right now going to change my situation or make it worse? Will these thoughts cause me to have victory or will they cause me to suffer defeat? You know, whether you believe it or not, the thoughts that you have really will have you cause you to have victory or they will suffer you, cause you to suffer defeat. Yes. All dependent on this. Will these thoughts cause me to have victory again or will they cause me to suffer defeat? Are my words faith-filled? Can I change my words to have more of a positive outcome? Am I believing and thinking big enough? Have I been afraid to go to God in boldness and ask for more? In other words, if you need finances, ask for more than what you need. Always ask for enough left over for your needs and the needs of others. Don't always just ask for yourself. I know one of my prayers was, Lord, I just thank you that you... Made, that you have blessed me, that you have made me a blessing, and I might be a blessing and dispense good unto others. So, Lord, I pray. I know you know how much I need. I need this, but I also pray for extra mm -hmm. so that I'll have enough to be a blessing to somebody else. Don't want just to bless yourself. You always want to bless the others. Yeah. So always don't be afraid to, you know, I think it's in 1 John 5, 14, where he says to come before him with boldness. Come before your father with boldness and ask whatever you will. And, and he hears you and he will answer you and he will give you whatever you ask for in his name if you're asking in faith, if you believe that he can do that. I always ask for a lot, big stuff, <laughs> you know, and even he does give it to me. But even if, if I ask for uh, big stuff and only got half of it, I'd be happy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to be happy with whatever the Lord gives me. But uh, he's, going to, he's going to give it to you if you ask him in faith. Brothers and sisters, God is bombarding your spirit with his thoughts every day. So therefore, you need to pick them up. And Isaiah 43, 26 says, Put me in remembrance of my word so I can plead your case with you. He's asking you to put him in remembrance of his word. In other words, pick up those words that, that he's bombarding you with, the ones in his Bible, in his word, and give it, start giving them back to him. He is talking to you. He's downloading information daily that will help you with whatever, with whatever you are in need of. Your DNA was written by God in a heavenly book before you were ever conceived. Think about that. In Psalms 139:16, in New Living Bible says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. According to verse 14, you and I were fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise the Lord. Saints, receive your destiny that God has put in his book for you even before the foundation of the earth. 
He has put it in his book, even before the foundation of the earth. He knew you before you was ever in your mother's womb. Yes. 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 He, he knows every word that we're going to say and everything that we're going to do before we ever do it. God sees you and I. He sees all of us. He sees us as victorious. He sees us as winners, overcomers, and warriors. And the next time you feel like that you're up against a wall, think about Jonathan and think about David and think big. Talk big and believe big and watch a mighty big God be there to back you up and to back up his word. Hallelujah. You know, I thank God every day that, you know, you spend, you know, you spend time with the Lord, you spend time talking to the Lord. And he really does. He really does answer our prayers. And as long as we're asking in line with his word, he's not going to answer some off-the-wall prayer request that you, you came up with. But he's going to offer the prayer. He's going to answer the prayer that is in line with his word when you ask him in faith. And there's nothing, there's nothing too large for him. And also keep in mind that he, according to Hebrews, he has sent his angels as ministering spirits to minister to those. I think that's in Hebrews 1, 13 to 14, 13, I think. But he says that he has sent his angels as ministering spirits to minister to those that would be saints. All of you in here, I'm assuming, are Christ-like saints. So he has sent his angels to protect you and to help you. You don't order your angels around. But you can send them to do certain things. You know, you can send, you know, go ministering spirits. You know, and help go ministering spirits and minister to that person. You know, uh, go, Holy Spirit, go, go, please, Holy Spirit, go and comfort that person. You, you can ask, and God will, and they will go. I mean, I've, I've witnessed it myself. I, I've, sent, I've sent the, you know, the angels have gone and ministered to my daughter when she was so sick. Until I got there, and by the time I got there, she was totally well. Did not have to go to the hospital at all. That was several, many years ago. That was actually when I was just beginning to practice the Word. But I can think back, but even at the very beginning of the ministry, the Lord began to show me one miracle upon another, upon another, and upon another. And He hasn't stopped. But sometimes we, we neglect to acknowledge him. We don't acknowledge him. You know, he tells us to trust him with all of our hearts and not to lean on to, uh, to lean into our own understanding. In other words, don't trust your thoughts. He said, but acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. So whatever you're going through the day or, or tonight, if you will just acknowledge him as your helper, as your Lord, he, or cast that care upon him, he would take care of it. I don't know of anybody in this room, including myself, that is not experiencing things that you wish that you could snap your finger and have them be gone, but they don't always snap the finger and go like that. Well, you have to continue in prayer and trust the Lord. You give it to Him, and then don't go take it back. Once you give it to Him, don't go take it back, and that's a very hard thing to do. I gave Him some things last week, and I've been wanting to take it back. You know, as I said, Indian giver. You know, <laughs> give it to him, take it back. 
but you can't, you know, he says, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. So you can say, Lord, I cast the care of this on you and I cast the care of that on you. And I thank you, Father, that I no longer have to fret nor be anxious about that, as it says in uh, Philippians. I don't know, in Philippians 4, I think in 6, he said, don't fret and be anxious for anything. So I no longer have to fret and be anxious for that. And I have to keep reminding myself of that too. You can't just, you will have to remind yourself not to take it back. And you can say, you can keep on praying. You can say, Lord, I thank you that when I cast that on you, that you're working on it. And I thank you that whatever it was I asked him to do, I, I'm thinking that right now, even as I speak, that you're doing that. And I begin to thank him. Lord, I'm thanking that you're doing that. I'm thanking that you're doing that. But I'm not asking him. I'm just thanking that he's doing it. Yeah. That that makes any sense to you. Yeah. 